Welcome back to another podcast of Lifting Laughter in Life with your hosts, Nick and Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Nick. Welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. We ain't done this in a minute. It's been like two months. It's been a fat minute. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff. Lots of stuff. there's lots of stuff that has um, come to our attention. Lots of buzzwords. Lots of fad diets, lots of, well, the fad diet's been around. Buzzwords have kind of floated up. It's a new thing with all the fit influencers nowadays. Yeah, yeah all the people that are supposed to be coaches that are actually uh, just influenced, or as Omar calls them, influenzas. <laughs> so we're just trying to steer y'all clear of all the bullshit and what to look out for. What's real, what's fake, some myths, all the good stuff. And steer you towards the good stuff, and... Did you just say that? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perfect. <laughs> Welcome back to the Lifting Laughter and Life podcast with your idiots. Um, and the good people in the industry, because uh, there are other good people out there. Um, I mean, there's Dr. Lane Norton, mm-hmm. one of our favorites. Dr. Eric Trexler. Greg Knuckles, who is not yet a doctor, <laughs> but he is in our hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Helms. Eric Helms, another fantabulous one. There's a lot of good ones out there. What else are we missing? Those are kind of our favorites right yeah, now. Yeah, those are our favorites. Probably uh, Dr. Nick Shaw mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Mike Isretel. He's actually really good, too. Uh, not a doctor, but Dr. Chad Wesley Smith. Oh, our favorite. <laughs> Mountain Dog. Mountain Dog, John Meadows. He's another one. Man, that guy. He's yeah, an OG. Love that guy. Those are all excellent sources of information, though. People that Aaron and I have learned from. They are virtual mentors of ours. Um, we don't know them personally, but they're just great sources if you guys want to level up your game. Um, especially some of the... Uh, higher educated ones because they tend to teach things in that kind of higher educated form where if you don't already have a base of knowledge it might go over your head but if you're somebody who kind of already knows a lot of the basics you're just going to learn so much from them for sure um so i think where we're going to start is we're going to talk about um just some of the things that have kind of already been hit on but we're going to cover them in our own podcast in our own way Mm-hmm. Um, one of them comes from a local fitness influenza. I'm not going to mention their name, but one of the things that they talked about, I think it was on an Instagram post. It was a post. Yeah. It's, uh, they had overeaten to the point where they felt bloated and blah, blah, blah. Um, it was kind of disgusting because he has a lot of followers and he made it seem like it was such a bad thing that he overate on a single cheat meal that he had to use what's called colonic therapy so Aaron can you tell us a little bit about (laughs) colonic therapy or do you want me to cover it I'll let you cover it but I have something to add at the end okay so we kind of had to look it up. I had an idea of what it was. I knew it was some sort of cleanse. Um, I didn't know if it was like pill form or if it was like a straight like enema. Like I have n- I had no clue. So we had to look it up. But uh, supposedly it's used before procedures like colonoscopies. So before you get a camera in your butt. Um, and it's just not necessary for, for one, for detox purposes as bodies, um, digestive systems and bowels already eliminate waste material and bacteria naturally. Um, And not to mention, you can throw off your your gut flora by doing that stuff. Um, Well, and all of the research that I did, trying to look it up to see, like, maybe what his, what the real reason was behind it, um, besides, like, maybe just getting rid of the, the bloating and all that shit he was talking about, I was, okay, so maybe there's something I'm missing um, but really every website that I clicked on, all the studies, it just listed all of the, Sim- all the risks. Side effects. And, yeah. Versus yeah. the reward. And then the last one I came across said a systematic review of the scientific literature found there is no evidence to support the use of colonic therapy for general health promotion or maintenance. 
So there's really no use for it besides maybe going into a procedure. And I also noticed that you wrote down uh, some of the some of the symptoms, which is so freaking hilarious. Because like one of the things that you're trying to avoid, right? When when you do like overeat massively, especially on like what he ate was pasta. Uh, all of the things that he was trying to avoid are like symptoms of what can happen if you do colonic therapy or some sort of you know cleanse that makes you shit your brains out. Um, cramping, bloating, diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting. Like, I mean, the, the teaching people not only that, like, if you overeat, you're bad, which is not true. Like, you can fit foods that you enjoy into your macros, into your daily macros. And if you're not somebody that likes doing that, maybe you're a portion size kind of person, or plate size, or whatever. You can still eat those foods. And it just... When you have a large following, you really got to watch what you say. Um, we don't have a huge following, but we still try to watch what we say. Yeah. There's certain things where, I mean, even if, like, you say something where maybe part of it was left out, I'll chime in, yeah. right? So that way we don't misinform people. Yeah. Um, Very misleading. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things where I just, just like, ugh. Well, like, as a coach, that just makes you seem like, like, you're almost scared to overeat, like, or, like, you almost have, like, an eating disorder, because why are you stuffing yourself that full anyways to where you're, like, you feel why are you stuffing yourself that full? It's it's, it's close to, like, anorexia. Yeah. Like, you're overeating, and then instead of throwing it up, you're forcing yourself to diarrhea it out. And if you're going to say, like, oh, well, I have to eat, like, 600 grams of carbs a day, don't eat it all in one freaking meal, dude. (laughs) <laughs> like, there's also carb drinks you can drink throughout the day. Yeah. Like, if that's your reasoning behind it, there's better alternatives to that. That won't make you feel so bloated and, and crampy and mm-hmm. etc. Indubitably. I love bagels. Oh, my God. Bagels. <laughs> Everything bagels. Everything bagels. Tons mm. of good grains, fiber, and even 10 grams of grain protein. Oh, yeah. Mm, the best. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to move on from the colonic therapy. That was just something that we had to talk about because it's been bugging us for a while. And I was just like, I could not believe (laughs) that this guy said this. And I don't know, the more, the more I follow, the more I realize that he doesn't really have any educational background in this. Um, and it's, which, which is fine. I mean, there's people that don't have any educational background in it that are just really well informed and they're, they're self-taught, but they're self-taught by people who are very well educated yeah not other influencers who say yeah man don't worry about it you know just crap your brains out and you'll be fine (laughs) um that's like a really short-term like option to that uh it's not going to change your your um what's the word i'm looking for it's not going to change your habits yeah you know you gotta make a lifestyle change it's not you know a lot of it's not overnight Mm -hmm. so we want to talk about fasted cardio? Yep. That is another one that, <clears throat> where we're from in Austin, Texas, is a big, big thing. Indeed. Yeah. Especially Indeed. with all of the the bodybuilding folks that we follow. They believe that it's it's the secret weapon. <laughs> it's yeah. It's God's gift to humanity, fasted cardio. Yeah, I see it all the time. Like, all, my, all the local feeds and everything. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. I'm like... There's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. No. I just, the the problem that I see is that, like, they're making it, like, as if it's a law. Yeah. And it's not. Um, So all of of the studies done on it, both short and long term, um, have found that, well, let's go over the concept of it. All right. So since you haven't eaten anything, your body will burn all fat stores as energy. That is is true. That's true. Right? So people take that, that fact... And they ignore all the other studies that go on to say, but the caveat being that your body throughout the day will adjust its need. So normally, let's say you're a fidgety person, all right? Like, I'm pretty fidgety throughout the day. If I were to go do fasted cardio, I might burn a little bit more fat, um, you know, in that state. But then the rest of my day... I'm probably not going to be as fidgety. Probably going to be, able, if anything, seemingly lethargic. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what all the studies have shown is that 
your need will adjust. Your body and a need to stay in homeostasis will force itself to slow down in other areas. Um, not saying like you aren't going to be able to train hard later that night doing lift, you know, weightlifting or something, but your non-exercise activity thermogenesis is going to drop. And that's how it adjusts. Because your body is trying to make sure that you don't die. Yeah. So it's a natural response to it. Um, so point being is that if you prefer to do your cardio without having any food in your stomach because you feel bloated or whatever your reasoning is, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I know you don't have any problem mm-hmm. with that. The only issue we had with it was that people, people were treating it as if it was like the end-all be-all to um, fat loss and body composition. Yeah, people that believe if you don't do it fasted, then it's kind of pointless, which is not true. Um, So yeah, that was just something that we wanted to talk about. Um, I mean, if it fits your schedule and you like to split up your training and your cardio, like, go ahead, do cardio in the morning, train when you get off work, whatever works best, but... Just know that it's not magic. Definitely, yeah. Kind of like some of the other topics we're going to talk about, like the fad diets and Mm -hmm. keto and carnivore diet and... All the good stuff. All of it. Um, but we're not there yet. Stay tuned. (laughs) That's a huge one. I know that's a big thing, especially on social media. And then plus me being a girl, it's a huge thing for girls. Like my sister, my friends. Oh, how do you get tone? I want to look tone. I don't want to be bulky. I want to look tone. (laughs) So it's just a big buzzword. It is. It's a huge buzzword. And really the meaning, it, it doesn't mean anything. Being toned doesn't mean, they think it means like, like the definitions and stuff, which that does mean that, but how do you get toned? Let's, let's look into that. It's what you like leave your name and number after. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing it is. Okay. So how do you get toned? Be lean enough for it to actually show basically. And you have to have muscle to actually show. Exactly. Yeah. So all these girls out here trying to get toned, just doing cardio. Well, yeah, you're going to get skinny. You might look better, but you're not going to have enough muscle. So you're just going to look skinny. So the point behind that being is like, if you want to look toned, build some fucking muscle. Eat, grow, lift heavy. Don't be afraid of the weights. That, yeah, that, that tendency to be like, I don't want to get too bulky. I'm like, girl, there are like so many people, men, men who have far higher testosterone and an easier ability to build muscle than you, who have taken 20 years to build on just a bit of muscle. And there, I promise you, there's no way you're going to accidentally get too bulky. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. And if you figure out how to do that, please, will you at um, bulletproof underscore strengths underscore systems so that I can find out your fucking secret because (laughs) it's not that easy. Yeah. I've been training for a solid two years and I still am like, bro, where's my gains at? Like it takes time, dedication. It's not going to happen overnight. All these people you see on Instagram, it, they've taken, that's another thing is it's taken them a lot of years to get to where they're at, but all they're promoting is these little hit workouts or little glute band workouts. I'm like, that's not how they got there though. So just don't get confused. Lift heavy, do some compounds, and then once when you get the muscle mass, then start cutting, and then start doing more cardio, and then that's when you'll start getting that toned look that you're looking for. I want to go back to that before and after thing, too, because there are some before and afters that people will do, mm-hmm. like where they'll take you know a month off, and they'll kind of let themselves go, and they'll just eat lots of crap, but they'd been training for 10 or 15 years prior to that. So as soon as they got back to it, they did like a three month before and after, and three months later they're back at where they were before. Yeah. And people are like, oh, amazing transformation. And it's like very misleading for people because it's very. like you're not gonna, you know, it'd be like if Chris Bumstead, Mister Classic Olympia, if he just decided, you know what, next two months I'm just gonna shit the bed on training and diet. Well, I guarantee you, he comes back. He's still going to be Mr. Olympia. Like, that, it doesn't... Your body remembers. Mm-hmm. Muscle, Muscle memory, memory is a real thing. Yeah. It happened to me when I was hospitalized for four months. I got back down to 135 pounds. I hadn't weighed that since high school. Yeah. And 
I mean, I'm back up to a fairly lean 200 pounds. Now, that's with PEDs yeah. a year later. Prior to that, I had trained for a decade. So, I mean, just try not to get... Don't feel dismayed or sad by those results that you see because a lot of it is bullshit. Um, and if somebody does look like they're on gear and they're not being honest with it, rest assured, they're probably on gear. One thing about me, um, I'm going to speak for myself here, is that if you ask me if I'm on something, I will always be honest with you. If I'm currently running Tren or something, I'm going to tell you, like, yeah, do you want to know the amounts? And I'll fucking tell you. Like, I have nothing to hide. Yeah. And it's not going to give you, like, a competitive upper hand on me. Like, you still got to do the work I'm doing. So... Like, it literally does not hurt me at all. Yeah, it's illegal in America, but I'm not selling you stuff. I'm telling you what I'm doing. It's just another tool. Yeah, it's just another tool. You still have to train. You still have to diet. Mm-hmm. You still, I mean, you still got to have the mental fortitude to go to the gym and get to the point every single time where you're like, why do I do this? <laughs> and then you just do it anyway. Yeah. You still got to fucking put in the work. Consistency. Yeah. This is just like building a business. It's like building your career. It's like... um you know, if you're trying to create a relationship with a beautiful young woman that's way out of your league, you <laughs> you gotta you gotta stay with it, man. It's gonna you gotta work. It wasn't that hard. No, no. <laughs> we just click though. Yeah. So, all right, we can do muscle confusion because it's a term that I used before I knew anything, um, and it is technically true. Mm-hmm. It's just a little misleading because. I do know a lot of people who will never do the same thing every week, um, and that's true to a point as well, for the fact that, like, what I see as an issue with muscle confusion is somebody will think that they need to do, um, like, four sets of ten of squats on this Monday, and then next Monday they need to do uh, leg press, or, you know, whatever it is, whereas in reality, you could do Monday four by ten and then the next week maybe you do four by twelve or four by eight or five by ten you know maybe one of them's a top set and you do some a little bit lower intensity on the other sets something like that that's that's causing your body to adapt from week to week Um, and the necessity of changing things is going to depend on your your lifting age and ability. So if you're an experienced lifter, you are going to really have to push yourself from week to week. Whereas if you're on the beginner side, a little bit is going to go a long way. Um, you are going to have newbie gains, both in strength and, um, and size. So muscle confusion is true. It's just misleading. Uh, some people kind of uh, misuse it, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Do you have anything to add on that? Not really. That you pretty much covered everything. Um, just like you mentioned with the newbies, if you do any, if you've never been in the gym before, you're very new to it. Any type of strength training you do will cause effects. It will make your body change. Um, but like you said, the more advanced you get, you really have to be more particular. Um, just be cautious about the lifts that you do pick or the exercises you choose. Um, more in like the intermediate phase make sure you pick ones that you really feel well and that you can master as far as form make sure you're doing them right um best way to get the best out of your training and there's Um, two methods to that too like specifically for powerlifting. there's the coaching method of uh let's say as an intermediate you have a really really strong deadlift but your squat sucks and your bench sucks so one of the things that some coaches will do is they'll make you double down on your deadlift so you can keep increasing your deadlift, which neither of these is necessarily wrong or right, in my opinion. I mean, it just comes down to the scenario. Each 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 individual scenario um, you might want to look into differently because, I mean, the game of coaching is a guessing game with every new person um, until you figure them out. And then even then, the body is always a moving target. It's always changing. So... The other side of the coin is you could focus on your weaknesses and bring up your weaknesses. Um, A lot of coaches differ on opinion with both of those, but those are two routes that you can go. It's up to you. 
if your bench is 135 pounds but your deadlift's 500 pounds, I recommend working on your bench a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just a tip, if you are a newbie, new to the gym, um, it's not really necessary to change your workouts every day. Um, make a program for yourself. I know one that I liked a lot when I started training for the first time was push-pull legs. It's just super simple. Um, just, like I said, pick exercises you like. Keep them in a journal. Put them in your notes in your phone. Just try to hit the same exercises. Um, maybe you can switch up between barbell, dumbbell, machines, but try to do the same movements. Um, and then just try to progress on that. It's a lot easier for your body to adapt when it's when you're not, quote-unquote, confusing it. Um, pick stuff that you can hit PRs with or just increase weight, increase um, reps, stuff like that. And I have tons of templates that I have pre-made myself, and I also have a bunch of... Uh, that I have from like you know online templates um, that you can use um, there's 531 there's 5 by 5 there's the Texas method and those are those are a little more strength focused but I mean that's a lot of people well I shouldn't say a lot of people a lot of gym bros <laughs> that have been training a while but typically trained with junk volume would really benefit from doing some strength training yeah because um, they've got a little bit of size but they just they have not been pushing themselves and they need to really find out you know their their limits a little bit um and then for newbies i mean it's it's really up to you i would probably i would probably um do something maybe start with like an upper lower depending on how many times you can get to the gym that's also another factor you just don't want to overtrain either so you can hit me up for some templates or um you can hit up Chris Vrooman as well. You can find him on Facebook or on Instagram, Coach Chris Vrooman. Um, he's got a lot of templates too. He's a buddy of mine. I definitely trust his his instincts um, as a coach. And then um, obviously you can go online too, like look up uh, strength training templates or you can look up bodybuilding templates. Just make sure that the source you're getting them from are like from the Lifting Vault or... Um, one of the sites like I probably wouldn't uh, no offense to bodybuilding.com but I probably wouldn't go there anymore they have not been the same in probably over a decade Um, but yeah there's lots of good places that you can look for good programs yeah what next Uh, we can go over uh, targeting belly fat how do we do that Nick how do I lose just my belly fat I just want to lose my abdominal fat. Well, you're going to need about um, thirty to $60,000 to get liposuction. Because <laughs> that's the only way that's going to happen. Damn. And it is uh, not going to be covered by your insurance. Well, okay, so, yeah, you can't target, you can't spot reduce anything. The only way to lose your belly fat is to lose fat everywhere. Uh, depending on your genetics, depends on where you will lose first and last. Um... It is kind of dependent on whether you're a male or female as well, male or female. Uh, that does does play a, a difference, does play a role. Uh, women do tend to carry more fat, which most people do know, mainly for birthing purposes. Um, but yeah, you can't spot reduce. That's a thing. So if you want to lose fat in a specific area, you're going to have to lose fat everywhere. Yep. That one you cannot get around. You're not going to be able to use a waist trainer. Mm-mm. And magically fat's just gonna rub off and you're gonna sweat off all that fat um waist trainers are another thing that i absolutely freaking hate that we sell <laughs> at the vitamin shop oh. um there was there was this lady that that did a return on one recently i could not have been more happy to do a return and i fucking hate doing returns but her husband who turns out is a trainer saw it sitting on their kitchen table <laughs> and said what the fuck is that <laughs> And she's like, it's a, it's a waist trainer so I can help lose uh, belly fat. And he proceeded to explain to her that that's a bullshit item and that you can't spot reduce fat. I was so happy. And I, she asked me, she's like, any truth to that? I was like, your husband is absolutely correct. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. But right. a lot of people sell that stuff just because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we sell them. Yeah. It's, it's literally everywhere. I definitely don't sell them. But oh, if no. somebody brings it to the counter I will ring them up and check them out yeah. but I will not sell you on that product Mm-mm. and then <clears throat> easiest way to lose fat caloric deficit compound movements do a lot of 
squats, deadlifts, stuff that uses your whole body. Don't just do crunches and curls and isolation movements because that's not going to burn as many calories. Walk. Have Walk. sex. Yeah. Manage your Come stress. On. Important on the fo- focus on the important things. Yeah. Important on, on the focus, focus things. things. <laughs> it's <laughs> late, okay? <laughs> Ruck me funnin'. <laughs> we did um, go over this one when we talked about the Orange Theory and the Gladiator. Oh, the fat burning zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to go into more depth on that one, definitely listen to the... It was our last podcast. Um, basically, the point behind this is you just get your heart rate into a certain zone, usually around 55 to 70% of your maximum heart rate. Um, quote, unquote, this range is supposed to help you burn more fat versus carbs. Because once when you get to a higher range... You're using more glycogen, stuff like that. They want you in the specific range because it's it's the holy grail for burning fat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and Just, it's not? It's not. This is, this is not true. Yeah, I remember that back in you know, probably 2009. I had a buddy yeah. of mine say that to me. I was like, what? Yeah. So basically, if your goal is to burn fat, burn more calories overall. Eat less, move more. Simple mm-hmm. as that, folks. Calorie in, calorie out. Now, there's always somebody, there's always fucking somebody, who says, but, like, I have thyroid issues and <laughs> this and that. And I'm just like, lady, we are not talking about people with thyroid issues or people with some sort of, some sort of messed up hormone system. We are not endocrinologists. Mm-mm. I don't know how to fix that for you. Go to your right? doctor. That's yeah. That's something that you're gonna have to talk to your doctor about. Um, and I would, I would steer clear of jumping on just any medication without doing research. Yeah. Do your own research as well as talk to your doctor about it, because they don't always tell you the side effects and things like that. Hopefully, you have a good doctor that does their own research and has tried the medication before on other people. Well, even at that, don't be lazy. You have, we literally have anything that you could ever want at, on on your phone. Like, just Google it. Like, yeah. if it pertains to you and your body and your health, like, be proactive about it. Like, look it up. What if I don't have a phone? Well, how the fuck are you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. All right, folks. All right, hi, everybody. <laughs> All right, hi everybody. John Meadows here. Yeah, that is the bud word. The bud words. Fuck. The Budweisers. Bud uh, words. You know I don't drink. Hail. Hail. What about this one? Postmenopausal weight gain. Oh yeah. So we had a question from one of our listeners. Shout out to Mama Bear. <laughs> she was talking about my um, mom weight gain. And postmenopausal women and why it's a thing, why it happens, how to prevent it. Um, I know it's a lot more complicated than this, but the biggest biggest part is your hormones. Because you're going to have a big dip in progesterone. Estrogen increases, I think, or opposite. Either way, one increases, the other decreases. (laughs) Causes weight gain. Also, as you age, past the age of 30, um, your muscle mass does tend to decrease more so just keep that in mind so if you're strength training you're eating enough protein you can obviously help prevent that but if you're not obviously make some lifestyle changes start exercising um mainly with weights because that's going to help the most with muscle mass um, it's going to help increase your metabolism um, because as your muscle mass decreases it's easier for body fat to increase your metabolism will slow down so basically just make sure you're managing that stress um, just stay active, um, watch what you eat. Um, but that's really the biggest thing is it it really just goes down to your hormones. Your body's making huge change. Um, I definitely have a rant that I want to go on about that. Another thing that I know is super taboo, but HRT, hormone replacement therapy, that I know personally of three women that do it. They take pellets testosterone and and estrogen i'm not quite sure why but i'm again i'm not an endocrinologist um i'm not sure if it's because they need like a better ratio it's a different ratio in women i know than to men so that's possibly why but these women feel so much better when they get their pellets um 
And I know for some of you, maybe you don't have insurance, whatever it is, but if it is something that is within your realm of control to get done, um, I know it helps a lot of women feel better. Get your energy levels back, you maintain your libido, um, you're able to um, lift in the gym again and not feel like you're going to die. Um, I mean, it's just, there's, there's huge benefits to it, just like men um, getting HRT, you know, when they need testosterone replacement uh, as they age. And I really wish it wasn't as taboo as it is, just due to the fact that some of you ladies out there might not know this, but uh, the very pack of uh, birth control. Some of the birth control out there that is prescribed to people is basically DECA. Yeah. <laughs> which is... <laughs> That's OG. Which is an anabolic steroid. Um, and a lot of women don't know that, but the, um, basically your, your body more or less produces um, what is basically DECA in larger amounts than men do. Um, especially during uh, childbearing years. That's so, really cool. Yeah, so uh, if if you thought it was taboo, then you said that you would never do it. Surprise, bitch, you took steroids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's just don't be afraid to, to do it. Because I mean, if you're one of those people where you're like, I've tried everything, I'm willing to try anything. Well, there's there's anything right there. Yeah. Another thing too that I thought of while you were saying that was another thing that a lot of people come into... Um, an issue with is hot flashes and it uh, interrupts their sleep they have a lot of issues with that look into supplements um, I actually got my mom on black cohosh that's one of the most studied herbs for menopause it's one of the most effective um, it can help with just any type of symptoms um, another thing too that obviously when you're getting hot flashes at night you're not sleeping as well look into maybe taking some sleep aids or just doing something take some herbs to help um, another thing is maca, which can help increase energy throughout the day. Um, Sleep is huge. Yeah. So just make sure you're checking in on everything, nutrition, sleep, stress. Um, sleep is more anabolic than steroids. <laughs> I'm going on the record. All right, let's go to sleep. <laughs> Dude, will you shoot me up with some anabolic sleep? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I think that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> I think you're right. Forrest, Forrest Gump. So one other thing we were going to talk about was something I hear a lot and even read a lot that um, some trainers have even said uh, is that you can only absorb up to 50 grams of protein in one sitting or in one meal or in one whatever. And the fact of the matter is your body will absorb as much protein as you get it, as you give it. The difference, and I think what they were trying to get at, is muscle protein synthesis and protein as it pertains to anabolism. Um, so this is something that, that Dr. Lane Norton had actually talked about because he had seen it a lot as well. Um, and actually, there was a video I watched of Brad Schoenfeld, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, another great source of information. Um, and he said that in a lot of his research on muscle protein synthesis as it pertains to like food and particularly whey protein, that's a lot, what a lot of the studies are done with, um, is that they found it was anywhere from like 30 to 55, 60 grams of protein. Um, there were outliers, obviously. But um, <clears throat> so that's why they kind of landed on the, the, you know, like 40 to 50 in one sitting um, for muscle protein synthesis, but he also admitted that they really don't know, um, like, what the limit is. He's like, because, you know, there's also the aspect of enhanced lifters, people taking drugs, uh, testosterone, Tren, DECA, any of them, uh, that really can be a difference maker, and there aren't any studies on muscle protein synthesis, uh, you know, supplementing whey protein, while somebody's on a gram of gear. So that that's going to change things too because I, I personally know like a lot of, you know, bodybuilders that they say, you know, they'll they'll throw down 100 grams of protein in a meal. Um, and these are 300 pound men who are taking tons of crap. And 
it's just it's not as cut and dry science never says that something is cut and dry but what it does do is gives us guidelines and principles to work within and that's the point of it um so i just want people to understand that that you know ideally you would want to do three to five protein you know high protein meals a day um ideally like if you're a 200 pound man you do like four meals each meal ideally would have 50 grams of protein um not everybody can do that and you're not going to be perfect and nobody's going to expect you to be perfect um and another thing is is that there are other uh factors that go into it like if you're eating a fatty steak you know let's say that steak has 65 grams of protein but there's also a ton of animal fat in there that's going to that's going to slow down the digestion process and and ultimately the absorption process of that protein so it's possible that you may be able to use that over the next four to six hours for muscle protein synthesis. There's just not enough to say that it couldn't happen. So that's kind of where I draw the line and say, we don't know that this isn't possible. We know that we know this about whey protein um, and we still need more research in these other areas. So. That's all I really want to add to that. For shizzle. For shizzle manizzle. What else do we want to talk about? We got our mock meet coming up this Sunday. Oh, yeah. This Sunday. Erin is super excited. It's going to be the first time she's ever really, like, done, like, a a powerlifting meet. Any Um, competition, really. And it's not, like, a real meet. I know everybody I've told mock meet, they're like, oh, where's your meet at? Just just at the gym. It's a mock (laughs) meet. And they're like, like, oh, is it, like, USPA? No, no, no. It's it's a mock meet. Like we're just gonna basically test our maxes and we're gonna run it just like meat. Yeah. Um. But Aaron's super excited for that, right? Very excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. What total are you going for? Seven fifty. Seven fifty. That's what I want to hit. Hopefully, depending on how we feel, I hopefully could go for more. But that's just that's my minimum for my personal goals. I want to at least hit seven fifty. I'd say my minimum is probably fifteen twenty five, um, but my goal is fifteen fifty. That'd be uh, I think that'd be pretty pretty boss. Boss. It'd be boss as hell. <laughs> we'll lift that yep. way like a boss. And what are we gonna do after our meet? Well, afterwards, I think we are going to pursue some bodybuilding endeavors. Um, that's Aaron's favorite. Yes. That's what got her into Let's lifting. Let's go. Um, and of course my boss, uh, used to compete and her son is actually a pretty high level coach out in Oklahoma city, Jason Turner. Um, and one of the things she told me because she found out that I weighed 200 pounds and I really don't look 200 pounds just because I'm so dense from powerlifting. Um, she's like, well, (laughs) this is Brenda's voice. Well, you you're probably gonna want to put on another, oh, thirty pounds at least. I'm like lean tissue. She's like, yeah, probably gonna want to come in, pretty big. I'm like, damn, girl, it's growing season, boo. But I tell you what, this last macro cycle, I was not even trying to really put on weight. I put on ten pounds. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, about. well, closer to eleven now, but um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. A lot a lot of good stuff going for us. For sure. Very excited. Kind of fun to chase some physique goals. Definitely is. Because, I mean, powerlifting is a very romantic, you know? Yeah. And you're just kind of chasing numbers, and people don't really care because um, they just, you know, I mean, it's our society is yeah. so, it's so vanity-focused that they're like, ooh, look at those cap delts and that tapered V and yeah. look at his abs. And it's like. Yeah, but he has no traps, bro. He don't deadlift. <laughs> nah, bro. But they don't care. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I think we ought to try it. I think it'd be fun. I think it's. I think so, we're going to both really like it. I think that's kind of what started for me was just like, you know, seeing people, how in love they are with it. And then after seeing a lot of people we know compete um, and the way that they placed, and I'm like, all right. I see you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, kind of got us fired up, and I'm like, you know what? 
Let's do it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm going to grow these friggin' legs. I think I'm going to do a mini cut first because I put on a lot of new muscle. Um, what comes with muscle when you're eating in a surplus? Fat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do a mini cut, see how I look, see what body parts I need to bring up. I know for sure my legs. I want to get my back a little wider. Other than that, we'll just we'll just see. We'll have to trust the process and keep growing. Yeah, I think for me, probably legs. Uh, definitely legs, not probably. Because i got to bring up my calves. I bring up, you know, my entire upper legs. Probably arms. Um, chest is pretty big. I might still bring up the chest a little bit and then back. So I, I have think. a nice back. <laughs> well, I mean, shit. Well, you have a perfectionist like me, I'm going to want to fix everything. <laughs> and but, plus, with an extra 30 pounds, you're going to have to grow everything. But my arms relative to my, my like chest and back, it just doesn't match all the time starting to get better actually but uh, that's definitely something I notice in a lot of bodybuilders they have pretty damn good arm to upper body ratio and then they have the good ones have really well developed large legs Um, so that's that's definitely gonna be my main focus is legs but secondary that probably back because I think honestly if somebody has an amazing back and a great taper I mean that really catches the eye yeah it's Um, hard to miss that and then conditioning, I've never had a problem getting lean, so I'm not yeah, super worried about that. Yeah, lucky you. Um, <laughs> it's easier for me to grow, it's easier for you to cut. It's true, it's true. It's so true. And we're both kind of going opposite, opposite <laughs> route right now, trying to get it's huge, and you're trying to get cut. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to be eating pizza in front of you, and you're going to be eating your celery stick. I'm going to fuck like, you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. I'll probably end up having to get a bunch of uh, what uh, local coach Tyler hates is uh, some carb powder. Mm-hmm. So that way Aaron doesn't have to watch me eating carbs. Yeah. Too tempting. Yeah. Despite what people think, uh, the, those carbs, they do count as carbs. It, it definitely counts. And if you struggle with getting enough calories, liquid calories is uh, it's a go-to. Pretty, pretty easy to add into your normal daily diet notice how we said normal yes so that doesn't mean that you're like don't replace it you know what man instead of like eating fruits and vegetables and starchy carbs I'm just gonna eat some fucking maltodextrin powder (laughs) (laughs) not a good idea no you you still want your fruits veggies and and your starchy carbs or just you know health reasons fucking sanity (laughs) true sanity on the starchy carbs and fruits and veggies for health Fruits in particular are great to satiate yourself oh, and yeah. that sweet tooth. Well, and all the vitamins and nutrients you're getting from it as well that you're missing out on and just doing powders. You know what my favorite kind of vitamins are? Juicy vitamins. Steroids. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I heard a, like a British dude or something said juicy vitamins. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm always going to call them ju- juicy vitamins now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well. Do you think anybody would want to know what I ran this last cycle? Well, yeah. Should I tell them? Go for it. All right. Let me try to think back. So I don't remember what I ran with the test when I started off. I don't think I ran any other. I think it was just test when you started. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started the test at 300 megs, 300 milligrams a week. Um, so I like to do two pins a week. So I usually do um, Saturday night and Wednesday night. Um, just, that's the way I like to do it. You can kind of do it whenever you want. Some people just pin once a week for long esters, but when I'm doing long esters, I still want to make sure that my blood serum levels are somewhat level. So I was pinning twice a week, so 150 milligrams. Did that for the first four weeks of our macro cycle. Um, and then I popped in some D-ball, and I just ran... I think the highest I ran in it was 20 milligrams, which seems pretty low to a lot of people, but it makes a big difference. Um, and then, let's see, I upped the test to about 500 for, shoot, the remainder of that until probably four, no, six weeks ago. No, four, four weeks ago. So six weeks ago, um, 
I wasn't using any more orals by that time. I only ran the D-ball for four weeks. Um, and then at that point, I think I upped the test. Yeah, I did. I upped the test to 750 uh, from week 8 to week 12. Because we did a 16-week macro cycle, right? I think so. So, yeah, I ran it for, um, yeah, till week 12 at that dose. So four weeks. And then I added in Tren at six weeks, six weeks ago. Yeah, six weeks ago, I added in Tren at 200 milligrams a week. So at that, I mean, I'm like maxing out my little bitty syringes. Yeah. Um, and uh, twice a week, maxing them out at that point. And then threw in Super Draw at four weeks out. Um, Super Draw is pretty harsh on the liver. Um, and I know some people run it at like 40, sometimes 60 milligrams, which is insane. Uh, but I just wanted to do like a quick add in just for the strength, you know, of running through peak and, uh, whew, yeah, it was good shit. <laughs> um, and then the trend I actually upped as I added in the super draw, I upped it to 300 megs a week. Um, just cause I was trying to maintain a lot of the size that I had, I had added and, Oddly enough, I added size during frickin' peak, yeah, which was kind of ridiculous. And a lot of it had to do with upping my test to 750. Um, I know a lot of powerlifters don't usually run their test very high, um, but I know that bodybuilders do to increase their, their size. I mean, that's just what happens when you up your test. And uh, so at that point, I was running 750 migs of test, um, and then started uh yeah and then i was running trend at 300 megs and then just the 20 milligrams of super draw a day um and then on meat day so basically i'm going to stop the super draw and then on meat day i'm going to take um three tabs of halo testin which will really up my aggression um along with our super insane pre-workout yes. that's got like new pept dmaa um, tons of caffeine, so much citrulline, just a ton of crap that is totally overkill and probably bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just to like really push our numbers. Um, so that was my cycle, and it worked really well. Um, one I mean, thing I don't like about Trend is it makes you very territorial and jealous. Um, which, I mean, after <laughs> this is gonna sound weird but after shooting myself three years ago <laughs> uh, well he sounds like a mental bill of health an a plus <laughs> mental bill of health um sure you should be running trend sir no after all that like i completely changed and and i just imagined the kind of person that i was before that incident um and i think he would have been too psycho to run trend especially at 300 megs a week whereas now like the worst i get is i get a little bit snippy a little bit bitchy yeah and usually it's because I'm hungry and tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you're aware of it, too. You yeah. catch yourself, which is nice. Yeah. And then um, and then just jealous with you. Like, if any dude is, like, chatting Aaron up or anything, I'm just like, what's he want? Does he want his fucking head ripped off? <laughs> I, can, I can arrange that. <laughs> it's just like, like, that's not who I am. I'm not, like, a jealous person. So it's like, I used to be. I used to be super jealous. But, like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. How has it been for you watching me on that? I can definitely tell a difference. Yeah. Um, definitely with the aggression. Just little things will piss you off a lot easier. Yeah. Um, Do I fly off the handle a little? You have. <laughs> Since I've been on trend? Remember that time you almost hit that Prius? Oh, I wasn't on trend. You weren't? No. What were you on? No, that was just the test. Remember, my estrogen kind of got out of control, so it was oh, turning into yeah. a bitch. Yeah, so um, that was when I was running about 500 megs of testosterone, and I was not running an AI at all, and I think my estrogen just went through the roof because I was such a bitch. Like, I was like a girl who was a bitch. I legit <laughs> thought it was the trend. <laughs> no, I was not running trend. I only started that six weeks out. Okay. Yeah. No, not really. Just besides, yeah, just the jealousy. Yeah. Um... 
But it's not even that bad. Like I said, you're pretty good about catching yourself. That's probably just more in your head than anything. It is. Yeah. There's definitely, like, I don't know. It's not good for you. I mean, it's neurotoxic. A lot of them are neurotoxic, but trend in particular is. Um, so I don't want to run it for too long. Like, six weeks is the longest I'll run it. Um, but just because it's a... Um, it's a long ester. I did a nanthate instead of ace. Um, acetate typically is the favored option for a lot of people just because they do start feeling sides from it or they just don't like the feeling. They can just stop and a couple days later, for the most part, it's gone um, as far as the effects. Um, but it's kind of why I ran it this time was because it was just a mock meet. And yeah. it's like, you know, if I have to stop it, I'll, no biggie. But... As far as I could tell, it was fine. Yeah. Especially at the dose I was running. Um, I mean, I know it's not that insane. I know people that will run it at like six or 700. That's fucking nuts. But, um, yeah. Been, been cool. Yeah. yeah. It's just nice to watch you grow. You've definitely grown a lot. For sure. Definitely. I mean, Tran always makes me blow up. I took it one other time, and it was only for four weeks when I... I I had no idea what I was doing. I think I was 21, 20, And I still remember when I came off of it and my, like, dick just stopped working. because like, my testosterone was totally suppressed. Um, and that's why you need to PCT if you're going to come completely off stuff. Or if you're on TRT, continue your TRT post-trend. Because you will be entirely suppressed. You boys won't be swimming. <laughs> and if they are, it wasn't real trend. Rev it up. Alright guys, well, I think with that, we are going to call it a good one. That was a good uh, almost hour. Yeah, that was. So until next time, you guys, stay hungry, keep looking for opportunities, and uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us if if you need anything, and please like, share, subscribe, um, leave a review. Yeah. Yeah. DM us on on Instagram at bulletproof underscore strength underscore systems or at Aaron Bruce 11 with questions, anything, um, just let us know. We are very easygoing. We love talking to people. We love, especially love hearing from listeners, um, anybody interested in health, fitness, anything at all. Um, We love to collab. Yeah, we, we love, we love chatting. So with that. That is the end of Lifting Laughter in Life with your hosts, Nick and Aaron. Later, guys.